Hi, and welcome to Inglewood Presbyterian Church in Kirkland, Washington. We are a church for the neighborhood, whether you're a local neighbor or from far away, all are welcome here. We are pleased to present to you our weekly Sunday sermons. Our head pastor is James Cuman, and you can find more information about us on our website at inglewoodpc.org. blessed with lots of uh, technologically skilled people who are dealing with the hiccups that have occurred in the technology. One of those has to do with the sound, but I think you can hear me and we will go from there. Now the other is that uh, the scripture is being done today in a very special way and Brent is doing a superb work to get this going. Here's the background, the intro to that, ahead of the sermon. Many of you have said, in light of this being my last Sunday with you, um, can your wife come? We haven't met her and we'd like to meet her. And uh, I've said, well, you know, I'll, I'll see. And then, well, I discovered that uh, this past week she has been in Arkansas and she has been there as one of the leaders for this missions conference for the classes called Perspectives. So obviously she's not maybe right here beside me, but she's going to be here virtually in this video. She did a video for you and is also going to be a part of the uh, scripture reading. So we're going to switch things a little bit because uh, they've almost got the video ready to go. Uh, We'll pray, uh, we'll move into the sermon, and then when the video is ready, we'll do the video. So we'll be uh, flexible, right? Right, okay. Lord, we, uh, we come to you today uh, asking for your, your presence. We, we gather together as what you've called us to be, the body of Christ. The hands and feet, the eyes, the ears, the body of Christ in this place. And so we ask, Lord, that this time together in reflection upon your word would be a time of learning and growing and coming much closer unto you. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Now on the screen for the sermon in just a minute, once I get the clicker, you will see that the sermon has to do with the road we have traveled, the road we have traveled together on, 
during this sabbatical period. And I've listed four stops that we have made on the road. The first stop is the is and was the idea of what is a sabbatical. That's a sign for peace. I should have spoken faster. Okay. Oh, another screen went dark. Anyway, staying on track here. Um, a, a sabbatical. The first stop, I said, we've done four stops together as a congregation. So stop number one was sabbatical or Sabbath. And for so many, for so many of us, the idea of Sabbath is kind of foreign. And the idea of a sabbatical is even more foreign. And the best that many of us, I can hear myself now, that's strange. Um, the best that many of us can come up with is, well, I should go to church on Sunday. That's kind of the extent of our understanding of Sabbath. And um, that's sort of it, but it misses a big part of it. So in our first stop, together as a congregation, my time with you as a congregation, we've looked at the subject of Sabbath and sabbatical. And then related to that subject is a really controversial one that we talk about all the time, but it's so, such a loaded subject. It's called time. Time. And as, I, as I've done this sermon this week, I thought, how, how often I, we, the people, think about time. And just look in your home and how many clocks do you have and your wristwatch and so on. And everything is about time. And so this sabbatical period that we've had together has been the challenge for us to look at time in some new ways. I was looking yesterday at some history of time. First public clock, the first public clock was developed and placed in London in the year 1370. You know, the only other way they told time before was the shadows and the turning of the earth. The public clock in 1370, time. Or then in 1879, Edison invented the light bulb, which was a way of controlling the amount of sleep that people got. And that was about time. Well, the, the scripture that we will hear soon comes out of the book of Psalms, Psalm 118. I hear the heading of time. It's, it's amazing. 
how much is said in the scriptures about time. Psalm 118. This is the day, October 27th. This is the day that the Lord has made. These 24 hours, it's God's gift to us. Huh? God is the maker of time. And so the psalmist invites us to see these 24 hours, each 24 hours is his special gift and then the Psalms invite us to live fully into his gift of this 24 hours. So time has been one of the places where we have stopped, stopped in this sabbatical experience. The other piece relative to time that I find so helpful is Psalm 46. And it says, traditional translation says, Be still and know that I am God. And I love the French translation because it uses the word for stop. Arrête! Stop! Stop your busyness! on the PowerPoint illustrates that after Jesus had fed the 5,000, what did he do? He went to a quiet place and prayed. One of the things I've developed over time that I've found very helpful in my own spiritual life and spiritual disciplines is simply that of a prayer walk of leaving the usual routine that, that I'm in and going to some kind of quiet place where there's no distractions and I can focus on the Lord and pray. And I found that that's been a real liberating kind of experience for me walk into the quiet and pray. So it's about time. Oh, we also use that phrase, don't we? It's about time. Get going. Oh, man. man. The word's everywhere. But in that process, out of Psalm 46, where he says, stop. Be still. And somebody's waving at me in the balcony. Great. Uh, let's, are you ready, ready in the video? Okay, so here is, here is the scripture reading. Now, I, I invite you to really pay attention to the introduction or you'll miss something key. Ready, go. Granddaughter. I just had to fill in for Nina. 
I am Ashley Gilchrist. I am 12 years old and I am in seventh grade at Scottsdale Preparatory Academy, which is in Arizona. Today I'll be reading a few scriptures and let's get started. First off is Psalms chapter 46, verses 10. Stop! Cease from your busyness. Turn off the media and the noise. In the quietness, know that I am God. Another scripture is another one in Psalms that is about time. It's Psalms chapter 118, verses 24. Celebrate, make today, Sunday, October 24th, and every day, day of festivities, celebration, and thanksgiving, because each day, is the completely unique creation of the Lord God. Another scripture is in Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 18. Jesus was traveling near Syria, Philippi, when he asked his disciples, Whom do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, some say you are John the Baptist, others say you are Elijah or Jeremiah or some other prophet. Then Jesus looked at Peter and asked, What about you? Who do you say I am? Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Right on, said Jesus. You are Peter, and upon this rock, I will build my church. The last scripture is in Acts chapter 2, verses 44 through 47. All the Jesus believers were together and had everything in common. They sold their property and possessions to care for needy persons. Every day they met together in the temple courts and had meals in one another's homes praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord asked, added to their number daily those who are coming to faith in Jesus. Thank you for having me here. I am Ashley Gilchrist, and I hope you have an amazing Sunday. Bye. Well, so I'm, uh, I'm glad that you were able to meet both my wife and our granddaughter. <laughs> Ashley and uh, her reading of the scripture. And one last thing, if I if a clicker can come my way, I can. Uh, it's on the board. Great. We will. There we go. Okay. So we've said that we've done four four stops. Four stops. Due to technical difficulties.
very common, but let's see it. This is on. All right, there's hope. So, this is under the heading of time. So it's taking time because of our technical difficulties. <laughs> and uh, so the sabbatical, <clears throat> the sabbatical concept, the idea of going with James on a sabbatical. Sabbatical by definition means that a pastor is away, he's not connected, she's not connected with the congregation, and it's a time of nurturing and growth and development for that person on sabbatical. And so part of the challenge that I've given to you uh, and to me was that we, we would also do that time of learning and growing and developing. While James was on a sabbatical, we would do the same. So part one of our four stops in this sabbatical season has been relative to the use of time. And knowing that the way things are, we just get pulled away and we do not allow that, quote, Sabbath time, which can be in a week and it can be in each day, we've missed allowing that to occur. So that was part one of our four stops. Then the second stop we did via the sermons and conversations that you and I have had for these four months. The second stop was, what is the church? And we, we saw Ashley do that, that Matthew 16 passage so well. But that's where Jesus gives his definition of the church. He said in the modern translation, right on Peter, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Now, as we do that, it's important that you um, upgrade your Greek. Okay, it's Greek to me. Peter's name, as I said in that sermon several weeks ago, Peter's name in the Greek is Petros, and it means gravel. So, dude, you're gravel, huh? He wasn't building his church on Peter. Because then where he says, you are Peter, Petros, and then Jesus says, and upon this rock, he uses the Greek Petra. And it's that amazing city, city in the Middle East that is completely constructed within gigantic, a gigantic rock. So Jesus is saying, upon this rock, I will build my church. So what's the rock then? The rock foundation for the church, it's not a building, but the foundation for a church exists wherever there are people like Peter who say, and people like you who say, 
Yes, Jesus, you are the Savior, the Son of God, the one who has come to redeem us. That's the rock. Wherever there are people like you making that affirmation. So I offer that scripture to you as you, Inglewood Presbyterian, as you move forward, knowing that the church, the ecclesia in the New Testament, ecclesia has to do with relationships. Where the other interesting quote that I read last night says that coming to faith in Christ and becoming a part of the church is like an adoption. Some of you may have been adopted. Some of you may have adopted children. But becoming a part of a local congregation then is being adopted into, welcomed into a family. And you see, it goes back again to relationships. And so Jesus said in the book of Acts in chapter 2 that we've also been looking at, says that the church is wherever there are people who are committed to Jesus and then committed to one another. The Acts 2 passage, chapter 2, verses 41 to 47, talks about how, how all of those people who had just come to faith in Christ were gathering together for worship, for prayer, for support, and for encouragement. And it says they even took their possessions and their goods and they sold them and made them available to others that had needs. You see, the picture is community. So stop number two was the church. Stop number three was, in our time together, was, um, <laughs> stop number three was spiritual fitness. You might go to a personal trainer. I talked with our son yesterday from Anchorage and he was telling me about an injury he had had and how being at the with a personal trainer is really, really helping. And so being spiritually fit means it's like going to a, to a personal trainer in order to be stronger. So stop number three that we went on in this sabbatical experience was about spiritual fitness. And I created these three by five cards that have seven steps on them. And they're kind of, I think, green colored out in the, in the, oh, that screen is talking, isn't it? Okay, great. <laughs> Someone's reading my mind very well. Um, 
So the steps to spiritual fitness, I developed these because I needed it. As I faced difficult situations in my crossroads of life, I found myself recently going, okay, what does scripture say? What, what might be helpful? So number one is rejoicing. This is the day the Lord has made. And I find that, that discipline, that action at the beginning of my day to be so, so formative in the day. And if you can put that picture up of the young lady jumping out of bed, that illustrates it very well. And then, and then part two, rejoicing, part two, giving thanks to God that he has made today, October 27th. And the, and, and, and the studies show that when we have an increased attitude of gratitude, and that may even be saying to God, thank you. When we have that increased attitude of gratitude, our blood chemistry improves. Wow. Number three on the list is to is do a personal heart exam. And this really goes deep. And again, I have, as I've encountered X and Y, found this to be most helpful to stop and say, okay, George, where is your heart in this situation? Or where is your heart regarding person X or person Y? And, and the spiritual discipline of holding up a mirror to yourself that's the only way you can pull up the mirror. Pull it up to yourself, see yourself, and go, oh, I thought my face was really clean, but I got all this zits here and mud here. And, uh. So the third of these spiritual disciplines, doing the heart exam, it's amazing how often scripture uses the word heart. But in doing the heart exam, that helps us look at me, helps me look at me and go, okay, yeah, my hair is a mess. I've got zits, I need to clean it up. I thought it was all together. Number three, the heart exam. Number four <clears throat> of the spiritual disciplines is to pray in the moment. Lord, I'm at an intersection. Should I go left or should I go right? Or should I go straight? What should I do? I'm not certain about this intersection. Living in the moment, asking for God's direction. And then number five. What we got in here? All right, okay. Okay. Okay, uh, we'll keep we'll keep going, and we've got great great help. Thank you. Um, 
So then number, number, number five is, is the image of then choosing to walk through the day as if Jesus were walking beside me. And to look at what kind of comfort, what kind of direction, what kind of purpose comes as I'm walking and asking and praying, Lord, where do you have me to go? Number five. The sixth one in this series, the seven steps to greater spiritual fitness, as I mentioned earlier, was take a Sabbath break. Stop. And that can be done just in the course of a day. It's so refreshing. So, so refreshing. I told you several months ago, maybe, about the article that's on the list called The Unbusy Pastor. Eugene Peterson, the author of the Message Bible. The Unbusy Pastor. And that really points to the idea that the pastor needs to be one who knows how to stop, be quiet, be listen. The invite is for all of us to do the same. These are steps then out there, copies out there in the narthex for you. Then the last stop that we made on this sabbatical journey was to get in touch with the tailwind of the Holy Spirit. The book of Acts says, and that, <clears throat> but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And the book of Acts in the New Testament uses the image of the wind. The wind. Tailwind, we're calling it. Of the Holy Spirit. And so, step four is the recognition that we, the people, are tired. You tracking with that? We, the people, are tired. We have been, we have become tired because of the, the COVID crisis. All the uncertainties, all the hoops we have to jump through, even the simple thing of having to wear a mask, all of those uncertainties. Relationships that have been harmed during this time. People that we have become separated from and we can't get to face to face because of this. All of that has a tiring, debilitating effect. Well, under the heading of being energized, the scriptures speak so extensively about our relationships one with another. And so in all of those places where we can have a relationship with the other person, 
the scriptures talk about how we can do that for our personal health and energy and for that of another person. And I close with the technique the New Testament uses, and it's called the one another verses. Like love one another, support one another, encourage one another. And several years ago, I heard, heard that there were a lot of one another verses in the New Testament. So I tracked them down and then wrote them and then printed them off from my laptop on this 5 by 8 card. There are over 60, 60, one another verses. And so as you move forward, I invite you to go with these one another verses. James 1.19, be quick to listen to one another. Effective relationships is where you know as you are talking, the other person is focused on you and is listening and is appreciating what is happening. And in a local church, a local church becomes even more healthy as each one of the people, us the people, practice active empathic listening. And it's, it's hard. I, I know it's hard. Because I start talking with somebody and they're talking about it, and in my head, what's going on is like, oh yeah, I know about that. You know, I did that too, and you know, and let me tell you about me. And but active listening means we shut down all that chatter in our head in order to get in touch with the thoughts and the feelings of what that speaker person is saying. This weekend, I was talking with a, a friend who's a pastor in another church. And in our discussion, the subject of triangles came up. And I went, hey, dude, right on. I'm so glad you brought up the subject of triangles. And I'm really glad some are laughing out there. Great, thank you. Hey, right on. And for those of you who are not laughing, a triangle means, let's say I have an issue with you, Kristen, and I don't like the way you play the piano. And so a triangle means then that I go over to Dora and I grumble at Dora about Kristen. And, you know, can't you do something to make her good, you know, better? That is called a triangle. And in a lot of circles, it's called the devil's triangle. Because as soon as I fail to talk directly with Kristen and go to her, I create a wall. And the relationship that could be between Kristen and I begins to get more and more bricks thrown into the wall to keep us separate. 
And scripture says, listen and love and accept. And scripture, I mean, look at Jesus. Look at all the places where he talked directly to you. Look at the woman that was about to be stoned to death by all those men because of her adultery. Huh? And look at the way he talked to the woman from Samaria. Those were outcasts, yuckies. He stopped, listened. And so a relation, the relationships in a healthy church occur when I can go directly to you, Christian, and say, can we have a conversation about music? And then I listen. And then Christian listens. And then we end up going, oh, okay, I understand better now. So communication, connecting with one another, as, and I think especially as you move forward into your next chapter. James is back from the sabbatical your next chapter these one another verses as they're listed in the, in the insert are really key finally I leave with the one out of Hebrews 13 Hebrews uses this word uh, four three times and then this word is used five or six other times in the New Testament and it's called encourage and the root in that word is courage. And it means to carry courage to another person. Well, in strong, healthy churches, people are doing that all over the place. Yes, it's so good that you're doing this ministry here. Yeah, you're thinking about doing it. I, I think you've got the gifts and the skills. Let me help you look, move forward with that. That's called encouragement. And also related to that is affirmation. We, we all have a need to hear from others. Okay, how am I doing? You need to do that. Well, in the life of the church, you're doing XYZ ministry. No one has said anything to you about how you're doing. Wow, it really, really changes the life of a congregation when you all are choosing to spot what Joe or Mary is doing in their particular ministry, and you, you stop to affirm that ministry and that gift. They're bringing. So at the bottom of your uh, sermon roadmap, I've listed <clears throat> these five actions that you can take relative to one another verses. The first one is choosing to confess to the other person. Um, Joe, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. That is so powerful. 
The second one that follows after the confession is to then offer forgiveness to that person. And, and on the screen, um, there are two young women who've been in a fight with each other, and it shows them hugging after they have forgiven each other. Wow, so powerful. Third one on the list is to encourage one another, as I mentioned. Number four on the list, uh, who can you build up and whom can you affirm? And then the last one on the list, under the idea of moving forward as a healthy church, it says I, and you can write in your name, I will practice active, empathic listening with others at IPC. And the total dynamic of you as a congregation, as you practice these one another verses, will soar through the roof. It all starts with the I person with you, with me. So let's pray. Our God, we thank you for this sabbatical adventure. We thank you for what we have seen and learned during these four months together. And we thank you for your scriptures that speak to us about, about time and about relationships and about actively walking with you. So Lord, we ask that you would place that into the hearts of each one here, each one who's watching online, and that together with Pastor James, this congregation might flourish and become even stronger in your work. We pray this in your name.